Bum, 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 bum. What up, dude? What's up, everybody? Feels like we haven't been on in two weeks. I guess that tells you what my home life has been like over the past few days. Because we did a show last week. I feel the same, too. And I don't even remember what we – oh, we did. We talked about the Open, what we think we are going to see for the Open. Um, yeah, opening quarters. Kind of yeah. got into that a little bit. We're going to do semifinals today. Yeah, we're going to do semifinals. We're going to do some readings from the sacred text. We're going to tell Rambler that he can for sure eat Wonder Bread post-workout, and it's going to make you stronger and fitter. Um, yes, sir. And, dude, I just want to share a couple crazy things. Um, I'm going to start with a little, uh, you know, touching my own rod, just a hair here. Um, you know. Yeah, dude, crazy, huh? So, okay, well, let's 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 talk about if I have to watch that 365 split jerk again, I'm going to stab. That's up. exactly what I'm going to show. But what I want to show first is uh, this article, Virtuosity. And don't know why it zoomed out that far, but I want to go over a couple things here. Things that I think are incredibly relevant. That, well, they have been, obviously, for a really long time because Greg wrote this article in, like, freaking 2005 or something. Uh, what is it? Yeah, 2005. So in this article, Virtuosity, which can be found in the CrossFit Journal, just type in Virtuosity, CrossFit Journal. This shit will come up. It says, Virtuosity, though, is a different beast altogether. Virtuosity is defined in gymnastics as performing the common uncommonly well. Unlike risk and originality, Virtuosity is elusive, supremely elusive. It is, however, readily recognized by audience as well as coach and athlete. But more importantly, more to my point, virtuosity is more than the requirement for the last tenth of a point. It is always the mark of true mastery and of genius and beauty. There is a compelling tendency among novices developing any skill or art, whether learning to play the violin, write poetry, or compete in gymnastics, to quickly move past the fundamentals and on to more elaborate, more sophisticated movements, skills, or techniques. This compulsion is the novice's curse, the rush to originality and risk. Uh, I think specifically, the reason I think this is so relevant to me is I learned a lot at Wadapalooza, um, and I'm learning a lot about myself as a coach, an athlete, um, and I'm just learning a lot about the trends in the space, not just the sport, but coaching in general, coaching elite athletes in general, elite athletes competing in general. And it just seems rampant that people have missed out on mastering the fundamentals in an athlete that may be someone like Michelle who has obscene amounts of strength, but in most of her squats, her knees do not track her toes. And that is something she could improve upon, sit back into her heels, and everything would be more efficient. Um, in coaches, it's the tendency to go right towards teaching the muscle up to the elite athlete in class before you can teach the person who's never picked up a barbell before to deadlift with good mechanics in five minutes. Um, and it's something that I feel like for myself, I want to take a step back on um, and really focus on, not just in my own movement, but in my coaching as well. Um, so that's what our, our, uh, intro today is about virtuosity doing the common uncommonly well. And it is so freaking evident, like 
how many people are watching videos of, I don't know, Norman Woodring exercise? Not very many, but how many people watch Rich Froning? And not just because he's the four-time champ, but because when you watch him move, it is beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. The whole time you were talking about that, I was I was thinking about working one-on-one -on -one with clients or just working with clients within a class. And a lot of people think that teaching the really sexy movement or the really high skill movement is the hardest thing. Mm. I, I would argue that after like 10 years of coaching, it's actually the most simple movements or what you think are the least sexy to the person that is brand new. Sometimes to the person that isn't brand new is even harder because what do you get a lot of times with experienced athletes? You get habits. Yes. So if they don't have a habit instilled mm -hmm. in virtuosity, then trying to unlearn that habit and create new ones takes way more time than taking like a blank slate. Yep. Someone that's never touched a PVC pipe and getting them to move correctly in the beginning. I love this quote. Thank you, Rambler. You do contribute positively from time to time in the comment section. <laughs> Fear the man who does one kick 1,000 times versus the man who knows 10,000 kicks. Um, yeah, dude. Virtuosity is crazy, dude. It's sick. Um, actually we just posted this, this took forever to post on our Instagram page. I'm going to share this. Uh, it, it literally took like 40 minutes to post and we're going to basically be doing a series of posts like this, maybe once a week, um, teaching the progressions of how to teach a movement, um, for movements that have progressions, but then also going through movements like JR, the squat or the press, which don't have a progression because it's not a multi-step movement, but breaking it down step-by-step step and how to teach that. Um, these progressions for the snatch, we'll do them. We'll do movements that aren't in the level one handbook, but we're also going to do movements that have a progression in the level one handbook that despite being in the handbook, despite being in the level two, I was never taught by those flow masters or said, Hey, Here's how to do this progression that we use to teach. And I never would have learned these things if it weren't for working for Andy Hendel and him saying, this is how we teach the snatch in my gym. This is how we teach it at the seminar. This is the level one progressions, and we're going to do it this way. And by learning from him, I've learned, wow, this is a super effective way to teach it. And I, and I want people who don't work for a level four essentially to be able to learn this stuff. Um, let me restart this. Uh, boom. So it's multi slides. It's like, you know, take five minutes, you know, progressions for the level one handbook. All right. So today we're going to be teaching the snap position progression one deadlift to mid thigh progression two, deadlift and shrug, etc. And we're going to go through all the progressions that Next are in the level one handbook. The shrug. And in this video, position. it's me showing you how I teach it speed, in a class the butt. Um, while Bryson demos. In other videos, Bryson might demo, um, and he'll be teaching me. What is this? Overhead squat. But super excited about this um, because we just hope to elevate coaching everywhere, but just give you guys a reference point on like, hey, how can you take someone who's never done a snatch before and teach them how to do it? This is a super effective way. Yeah. So for those of you that aren't watching live and won't get to watch, you'll just listen to this like in the car or just while you're at work, go to train Sentinel Instagram. There's a lot of tabs there, but basically what Taylor's alluding to is a lot of like instructional foundational videos that are really short. 
that can be used if you're a coach at your own gym, if you're a gym owner and you just want to reference some different styles. Stuff like that is really cool. It's interesting just watching that video. When I teach someone to snatch, I teach it from the top down. So I start at the overhead squat position and then I go to position one and then I go to position two and then position three is from the floor. So I teach it top down style in reverse order. Like it's cool to see people that teach it from the bottom up, mm -hmm. starting with the deadlift, then the power position, then the finishing position. So, I mean, stuff like that. There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's mm -hmm. more than one way to teach snatch. But uh, there's some things that are really universal, like you heard Taylor talk on that video about squeezing the glutes, about keeping the bar close, yep. stuff like that. So talking about virtuosity, going back to the basics, you're never going to go wrong doing that. I was working with a really high-level athlete uh, yesterday, like semifinal level, just on how to kip. That's it. I said, hey, today we're just going to work on – kipping pull-ups kipping chest of bar pull-ups mm -hmm. um we're, we're gonna get on the monkey bars and we're just gonna we're just gonna go back and forth and we're gonna spin and then we're gonna go up backwards and we're gonna go down forward and then turn around again and just like just body awareness just just getting used to hanging in different fashions and not just getting up there and doing the work so like all that kind of stuff exploring movement in general a lot of times if you take a really high level athlete and go back or just make them do cartwheels, make them do some things that they probably haven't done since they're a kid. It doesn't have to be specific to the way CrossFit tests fitness. There will be carryover there. Yeah. And uh, to answer your question, Travis, they've always been in style. So why don't you shut the hell up with your stupid Canadian opinions? Um, love I you, think buddy. Your, your team at Crescendo should only wear those. Three <laughs> core tights. Under, under your Me, Travis Brault. White John Young and Bryson are doing a male, 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 female team of four. Travis is the one female. Um, we're going to be competing at JR's competition this spring, Crash Crescendo. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be my return to competition or not. I do know I'm doing the Open. We're going to be doing some insane stuff for the Open. So excited about that. And you're going to do individual quarterfinals. Come on. If I qualify, we'll see. I will say this. This happened. This happened didn't happen yesterday it happened tuesday i gotta share this dude one last thing everybody um one last thing this is crazy and i just want to show the power of crossfit essentially the power of not getting hung up on oh everything has to be a progression everything has to be a lifting progression um actually i don't know if i can share it so oh well I don't know how to do this. Oh, do I just go entire screen? Yeah, maybe that's what I do. For those of you that are watching or just listening, he's fumbling around trying to find a PR of his split jerk. Yeah, I can't do it. And sometimes when it. the pan is hot, folks, you cook. And that's what he's trying to allude to here is that sometimes yeah, it's crazy. when you're working up, there's no need to uh, – waste time on jumps that aren't going to matter. Sometimes you just go for the PR. And yeah. uh, when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. And he was feeling it earlier this week. Yeah, I can't show it. I don't know how to do this on my computer. So I'm just going to talk about it. Basically, I was doing, I am not on a structured lifting progression right now. I squat twice a week heavy. I deadlift once a week heavy. And then the other days, I typically do some squat snatching, squat cleaning jerks, power snatch, power cleaning jerks. Sometimes I'll do a jerk, strict press, bench, whatever. 
Um, we hadn't done jerks in a while. We being me and Bryson and we were talking about how he wanted to go heavy Tuesday because Monday we did heavy back squats Tuesday. Uh, we were going to deadlift heavy and do power stuff Wednesday. So I was like, Oh, let's do a split jerk. Let's go overhead. And I pulled up lifting format from the 60 track that actually I posted on Instagram. That was a workout of the week. It was a five, four, three, two, one split jerk on every three minutes. So set one, five, set two, four, set three, three, set four, two reps in the final set of single. Um, and I went 225 for five, 245 for four, 275 for three, 305 for two. My PR for split jerk is 345. And I haven't taken anything over 345 from the front rack overhead in like four years. Last time I put 345 overhead was in quarters for an overhead squat. And that was from the back rack. And I hit 305 for two from the rack. So I was re-racking. I was like, dude, I know I could hit 365 right now. I was like, fuck it. So I put 365 on and stuck it. It was crazy. 60-pound jump, dude. It was nuts. It was nuts. Uh, yeah, and it looked good, too. Like, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a video he wouldn't want to send to his mom. Like, it looked good. Uh, it almost looked like it surprised him when he stuck it. Yeah, I was like, like oh. The only instability was almost in the recovery, which yeah. was pretty, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna post that as you're talking about this. I'm thinking about competition. What are your thoughts on a shoulder to overhead that's more than one rep in competition? So I know where you're going with this, dude. You, <laughs> the bear you, complex. So, so when you're when you're training, and and a lot of people just despise re-racking. They just mm -hmm. like it's uncomfortable. It hurts. Even if you know how to dip and absorb, it, it, it isn't the most comfortable thing. When you have blocks, it's, it's right. nice. Um, so you're saying like doing sets of five, doing sets of three, doing sets of two. In training, you know, if, if you don't have them and you, you re-rack either behind the neck or you re-rack in front, it's just something you get used to. Shoulder to overhead for load is not something we see very often in competition. When it comes up in competition, do you think you should ever be doing more than one rep? Of a re-rack. So should you ever be doing two jerks, three jerks, four jerks, whatever? Do you think it should always just be multiple clean or hand clean or deadlift and then you're finishing with a jerk at the end? Or do you think something like the Bella complex or any other kind of complex where you go overhead twice? So basically having to re-rack with whatever, three, 315 plus. Do you think it's just something that shouldn't be in competition? Because it's so awkward and uncomfortable. Shut up, Kiefer. Um, and then also, <laughs> first off, I'm not retired, motherfucker. Answer the question. Get out of the comments, Kiefer. Dude, I can't help myself. We're gonna talk about semifinals predictions, dude. We got forty. We got thirty minutes to chill here and chat. Um, Shuttle to overhead, awesome workout. But they weren't taking it back from the rack. They were doing heavy jerks and they were taking them from blocks. I love that. Bella complex, you're taking it to the front rack. You're re-racking to the front rack, which to me, either, dude, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a hard black and white. I think a 3RM bear complex, I didn't think about it. Emily, my athlete out of the West, it's like, hey, I'm doing the NorCal qualifiers this week. Put them into my training on the days that look good. So Tuesday was the 3RM hang bear complex. And I didn't really think much past it other than, oh, this is going to be a clean and jerk complex. So it'll be good for her. Monster clean and jerk. Um, 
Then someone sends me an Instagram DM of like 12 people they know of who dislocated elbows and broke wrists doing this complex this week. And I was thinking to myself, holy fuck, I didn't really think about all the back racks. I've maybe had two instances in my life where I've gone to re-rack a heavy bar on the back and it slipped a little bit. And I'm like, ooh. Um, look, in sport, there's going to be injury. In sport, there's things that are dangerous. I think as a programmer and organizer, it is not your – it's part of your job to program things that are good tests that also aren't fucking retarded. At first glance, I didn't think of that on the bear complex. Then hearing about all the people that got hurt, I'm like, oof, that's pretty dumb. I think there's an easier way to test strength capacity than doing something like that. And I almost feel like more than anything, that tests like your competency cycling a barbell. And you're, I, I, yeah, I don't know, dude. Yeah, it's a long answer, but it's a really simple question. Like, I, I for one, just don't really care for it. I, I don't really, I don't really care for anything where you have to re-rack. So I think if you're gonna do a jerk, you either just do a jerk, or you do it at the end of the complex, and then you either drop the bar, you know, you do whatever with it. Something that you don't see very often in competition are multiple shoulder to overhead reps, unless it's like 185. If it's something to me like, hey, we're doing 30 shoulder overhead for time at 225, which I think is an awesome, just like an awesome workout that shows who is really strong but also shows who has capacity who has shoulder stamina all that kind of stuff if you drop it you just drop it and have to clean it again it's not a big deal but 225 is also a what i would call a comfortable cycling load cycling load to where you're not just going to be crushing yourself it's not like doing uh, 15 reps at 315 for time where every time you re-rack it's just like beating you to death yeah and it turns something that is not like we don't train the re you know this is a this is also an interesting concept absorbing force and taking hits and taking blows is a big part of a lot of sports to absorbing contact or fighting off contact um, or efficiently taking it in the rear uh so to speak is a big part of a lot of sports and it's not a part that we really train in crossfit and that's essentially what re-racking a barbell is is how to efficiently absorb impact um like football those athletes are so naturally gifted at taking hits uh well i'm naturally gifted you practice for 20 years taking hits you're going to get better at it where you absorb the hit how you fall you know safely we don't really train that so people that don't know how to absorb impact dislocate their fucking elbows and break their wrists on something like this which is just crazy um, yeah, and, you, and you look at something this will be actually a probably good but it is athletic to be able to do that yeah and you look at something as simple as just a heavier sandbag cycling it, right? Like a 200-pound bag. For a lot of people, it's not the load. It's just that bag is starting to beat them up. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're having to handle it. Maybe they're going to the same shoulder every time, and their body's just not used to having that thing sit on, sit on you if you have to carry it. You know, a lot of times it's not the load, but it is the efficiency of which they're moving around that load and can they just deal with something awkward sitting on their body like that All tristan's right. about to yield to my external force dude you better chill over here in the comments with your big words homie <laughs> uh cave has been training to take big impacts from men his entire life no surprise there i yeah Long story short, my answer is when I first read it, I didn't hate it. And then after seeing all the people that got hurt, I also didn't put a lot of thought into it. But then hearing about the people that got hurt, I was like, God, ah, that is kind of stupid. 
Um, yeah. So with that being said, what's the max lift this year in semifinals going to be? What's the heavy test? What's the heavy movement, the exercise? Uh, I think it's going to be... Oh, man. I think they're going to overhead squat heavy this year. Mm. But I think you could see it in something like the 108642 regional snatch ladder where they're basically snatching the first rep and then they're going into an overhead squat. I don't think it's going to be something so heavy to where they're going to have to clean and jerk it to behind the neck. I think it'll be something where, hey, you end with a set of two at whatever, 265, 275. So if you just can't snatch it, you just can't snatch it. So I, I, I like the idea of a heavy overhead squat. It's not something that we've seen at a semifinal. It's something that usually we don't see until the games, right? That a one rep max overhead squat. They had thick and quick, which was 245 overhead squat for just a few reps. But I, I really like the overhead squat and weeding out people from a semifinals level to the games. I like that. I like a 245 overhead squat. I think a really cool workout would be like 5-4-3-2-1 or 3-2-1 legless overhead squat. That'd be a pretty cool workout. Um, I like that. What are your thoughts on the pistol squat at semifinals? Do you think they're going to come back again this year? First off, do you think they're going to come back this year? I think they're going to come back, but I think last year was a little bit more of a precursor into this idea that things like the pistol, a very virtuous movement, can be done loaded, and it's not something that people train a lot. So I'll back mm. up a little bit. We saw the Cinco's right. one, and we had a weighted pistol. We haven't seen a weighted pistol since until last year. They did it with the Ruck. A didn't lot they people, do the? Didn't they do the weight vest single leg squats in Atlanta? Yeah, weight vest, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm thinking more of like an true external load that you're having to like okay. hold. So they had the Ruck, which is very similar to Atlanta. I could see them after a year off from having pistols in quarters, if I'm not mistaken. It's been in quarters every year until last year. They ended up being at semis. I could see them coming back either semifinals or the games, but I think semifinals would make sense having a weighted pistol. Well, oh, so you don't think they'll be in quarterfinals. You think they'll be in, in semis? Yeah, because this is about semis. I, I think that they could come back for semis, but I think it's going to be like it with a kettlebell. Now, if you go back and you dig into archives, especially of Boz, one of the things he's really known for is how proficient he is at that movement. And he's got videos doing overhead pistol, like with a kettlebell. He's got things um, he's got a doing barbell. I think when you get the barbell, it becomes a little gimmicky. But I don't think that at a semifinal level, it would be outlandish to see like a kettlebell pistol. And then at the games to have them do something like an overhead pistol with a, with one kettlebell. Here's my problem with the pistol squat. I guess it's similar to really every other form of squat and it makes my fucking blood boil. And this is coming from someone who's good at them and who has really good positions. It is so binary and black and white. What hip crease below the fucking top of the knee looks like and what it doesn't look like. 
And just because an athlete looks like they're going low and because they can't keep their heel down and because they have excessive ankle flexion, they can't get their hip crease below the knee. It's still not a fucking rep. So here's the deal. If anyone programming anything for CrossFit is listening, if you're going to put a pistol squat or a single leg squat in semifinals, hold the motherfucking standard. Because if you go back and watch any of these videos, half the field is hip crease above the knee just because they have shit ankle flexion. And guess what? That's not a fucking rep. IMO. Sorry for my rant, dude. Pisses me off. I'm really not trying to play the other side of the fence. But the first thing that came to mind is two years ago at the games when they had the pistol and they did the mandatory requirement to do them on one limb. So you do like five on five on right, five on left. The nature of that, I think, does a really good job slowing everything down for people that can go so fast that it's hard to see hip opening. Last year with the Rucks, they did the same thing, which was good. You make everyone go a little bit slower when they can't let the off foot touch the floor. So it is a lot easier to see hip opening at the top. I think that's a great step in the right direction. That all being said, I think online competition, a pistol should never be programmed ever in an online competition. I think depending on camera angle, depending on how high the camera is set up or how low it's set up, it can make it appear like you're getting to depth when you're not or make it appear like you're not getting to depth. I think it's an in-person judged movement only. And I'll go a step farther to say that I think it should only be done loaded if done at all. Mm. I don't agree with the loaded aspect. I get where you're going with that. I just, I just think, and the, and showing extension at the top is critical. I like that. But to me, that's not the challenging element of the repetition on a pistol squat. It's not st- transferring at the top. The I, challenging- think it is, I think it is at the highest level when you have someone like Noah or someone that can do them as fast as most human beings can do air squats. I don't think it's a matter of depth. I think it's a matter of extension. I would disagree. I would, well, it depends on the athlete. And I would disagree because I think half the field at the games, and this is an, it's a sub that's a ambiguous number that is not based on fact, but I guarantee if you go watch, um, triple G chipper, you go watch the workout, like, uh, whatever that hat trick. No, it wasn't hat trick. It was skills. Right. From, from 22, the medley. Yeah. Skills medley. Um, if you go watch, the workout from semifinals last year. Um, you go watch Mary from the games in 2018 or 19, 19, 19. I believe. Half of these motherfuckers are not getting their hip crease below the knee because they don't have the ankle flexion. So what you're testing here, you're texting, you're testing a degree of flexibility, which is one of the 10 general physical skills. And I'm game with that. But you can't just say, ah, they're getting low. It's good enough. No, dude, it's not good enough. It's not fucking good enough, homie. Dude, ah, I get fired up thinking about that. Angry. Yeah, I mean, like, so for me, and I, I think of a workout with with chunk pistols. Like, for instance, Nasty Girls, when they did Volume 2, mm-hmm. you know, that ends up being, even then, in whatever year that was at regionals, ends up being who can cycle the pistols cycle. the fastest. Correct. So let's, let's say they take a spin on Angie, classic benchmark, and they go uh, 100 chest of bar pull-up, 100 handstand push-up, 100 pistol, I'm sorry, um, 100 ghds 100 pistols so they end the workout with 100 pistols 100 shipper beautiful you say you have them progress every 25 down the floor every 20 down the floor do you just 
if they go, hey, every single set has to be 10 right, 10 left, advance. 10 mm. right, 10 left, advance. Because if that's the case, I'm with you. I don't I love, think it yeah. needs to be loaded. However, I don't think you can let them alternate at race pace right. and be confident that every judge is holding that same level of extension. Extension, extension. I, okay, I agree there. And when I say it's the challenging part to standardize, I agree with that. I'm not talking about standardization. I'm saying the challenging part for the athlete, like what's the hardest part on you in terms of having the mobility, flexibility, and strength. And it's hundred percent the bottom position. You just see athletes everywhere who physically can't get that hip crease below the top of the knee. So unless you're willing to say, Hey, half the games field, you guys taking a fat fucking L on this workout. Cause you can't actually do them either do that and make them all look retarded until they can come back and show you that they can do it right. Or just don't program them. Um, I don't know. This is this is like this is deep rabbit hole discussion, but you know when Grid branched off, right? And when Tony was with Grid, and you know that a lot of the early years, I, I would love to have Dave on to ask about stuff like this or Greg. When you had all the minds together at one time, and you're thinking about movements and what is flirting the line with gimmicky, or what is what is just part of the 10 general physical skills and pushing the envelope you think about some of those movements that you saw in grid early on we've talked about things like the uprise or like the back roll to support especially um things like doing a pistol into a one-legged box jump or over a pvc pipe you see those movements they came out in grid do you think any of those movements were just a i was gonna do that eventually but now i'll never do it because no. you guys did it over there you don't no. think you don't think Dave cares about stuff like that. I think Dave does care about stuff like that, but I think the movements they do at Grid to me are so gimmicky and I don't think Dave would ever do that. Also, I to a degree they're having these kinds of conversations, but I don't think I think a lot of the assumption is they're games athletes, they can do it. Which is wrong to assume. Um I think Boz has less of those assumptions. And that's why you see things like the L sit press the handstand and the crossover double. And he's like, well, you guys are going to get him any, any foreshadowed it with people are going to get embarrassed in some workouts this year. I'm cool with that. I don't think that they look at something like the triple touch or the pistol burpee and are like, Ooh, I had that idea, but now I'm never going to do it. I think they look at that move and they're like, that's fucking dumb. Do it all you want. That's Early this week. I went back and watched the, uh, it's probably from a level one, but, uh, Dave, uh, Castro programming, like, it was part one through six and he has Boz come out and he has him do a pistol and then he has them has him do a pistol into a box jump and then he has him do a pistol with an empty barbell overhead and i was just you know that was back in what 2004 2003 yeah. and i'm going back and trying to consume a lot of that old stuff because i think that's where you can find a lot of the information about what could come and now we're kind of more so talking about the games this leads into a good question, and I know it's something that within our group we talk about a lot. Should a new movement be released before the CrossFit Games? Mm. And, I, I, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm talking about new as in V-Up is new, like never been programmed before in competition. I'm talking about new as in like a crossover single under now you, you you could make the argument with a crossover single under that they did crossover dubs at the game so it's not really a but it, it never been programmed in competition before a crossover single under mm -hmm. do you do you think that is okay do you think some things can come out in earlier stages 
a lot of people would argue it's a good thing because it gives you an opportunity to, oh, yeah, there was an issue there with standardization. Mm-hmm. Now we know. Or do you think it should only be something that we see at the games for the first time when there's something new that's never been judged before? I think there it's again, not black and white. I, I think of like, this doesn't count because they had done a dumbbell snatch at the games or had they, or was it just a heavy dumbbell squat snatch? But 2017, the dumbbell snatch workout, was that the first time they introduced a dumbbell snatch competition or was 2016, the all dumbbell regional? Uh, 2017 was the all dumbbell regional. They had, in either 2012 or 2013, though, the 100-pound snatch shuttle run workout at regionals. Mm. And then they had they the also had the Cinco or, uh, sorry, pedal to the metal one and two, which had dumbbell squat right. snatch. And that was later. Yeah. Uh, that was 15, I think, or 16. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I If it's something like that, say, for example, that the dumbbell snatch was introduced in the open, I'm fine with it. I think the standard is not so subjective and they did a good job of saying it has to be over the frontal plane, your hips, knees, elbows, and extension of the dumbbell over the top of your body. Uh, the V up standard. I don't, I think that would have been fine to release. I just think they fucked up by not saying literally the feet need to be touching one another and your fingertips have to touch your toes. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this before. And about how the V up brings into this idea that it's no longer about getting from A to B. It's about how you get from A to B. And when you open up that can of worms, now you're opening up so much more subjectivity into the idea that, hey, you can do toes to bar, but from now on, if your knees bend, it doesn't count. It has to be a straight leg toe to bar. Because that's what you're saying in a V up. If the knees ever get higher than the head, they don't count. Even though your hands are touching the floor and your feet are touching the floor and at the top, your hands touch your feet. We're talking about what's going on in the middle of the rep. So there, those movements are very, very, very few and far between. Um, I, I do wonder though, if the V up was just kind of like, yeah, man, I want to take a chance and see if it works. Oh, I don't really like how it works. Okay, cool. We'll just never do it again. Or if it's, if it's one of those, no, we're going to come back to it and we're just going to make sure people hold a higher standard or, hey, we're going to come back to it, but you're going to have to do it with weight or whatever. You know, if there are movements like that that are a little bit more playful and experimentation like, are they here to stay or are they just here to see how it goes and then we won't do it again? I don't think they're going to be doing the VF again. Uh, oh, maybe they take it to the open this year. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked to see that either. I just. So you think for semifinals, going back to that, no one rep max? Do you think there's going to be a, a rested max? Dave I, loves I, I, max. I do, but I, I think Boswell will push back as much as Dave maybe wants to, and I don't think that we'll see it. I would be, I would love to not see a rested one rep max, um, but I, I do think we will see one in some form or fashion at semifinals. I also think... I could see them doing a day that we talked about in this last episode where it's three single modality benchmarks and they're all performed uh, in conjunction to one another. And it's all part of a maybe 150 point score, 50 for each uh, modality. And I could see it being performed. I mean, they've had workouts as long as triple three at uh, semifinals. So I could see it being performed on a Friday event one where it's, 15 minutes for this, 15 minutes for this, 15 minutes for this. 
I mean, you just move from station to station. And at the semifinal level, I don't really care that much if that's boring for people to watch. Suck it up. Um, and I also think that leaves them the opportunity to come back on a Saturday or a Sunday and to do a 20-ish minute workout. Um, so I I think we could see something like that where it is a potentially rested one rep max. Maybe it's the first thing they do is a heavy test and 15 minutes later they do a monostructural benchmark and 15 minutes later they do gymnastics or in what order. Um, and then I think that we see a long workout that has a Murph-esque military feel to it this year at the semifinal level. I would like to see that. And one of my favorite workouts of all time is that 2017 1200 meter run into 10 rounds, I believe of 12, eight, four. Yeah, that sounds right. 12, eight, yeah. four in a weight vest. Four, 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 eight, 12. I think four, eight, 12. lots were yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, awesome workout. And I just want to see something grindy like that, where you put a fucking vest on and suffer for 20 minutes and it has to hurt. Like I, I think that would be a cool workout format to bring back. We haven't really done anything military-ish um, at the games or semifinals, and I don't count that go ruck workout in any way as military-ish. That was acrobatic. I'm 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 probably going to be wrong because it it's such like a there's been a lot of years, but correct me if you know. I don't think a bar muscle up has ever been programmed at a regional or a semifinal ever. I think it made its debut in 2016 in 16.3. And it's always been ring muscle up always never bar. Okay. So well, I, not I, a regional I would, or semifinal, but yes, at a sanctional. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not talking about the year that, that everyone did their own programming when there's been uniform programming. I don't think there's ever been a bar muscle. up. Now, when you think about Dave, there Dave saying, wait a minute, stuff like there's going to be pretty clear progressions. We're going to try to get back to that. You alluded last week to, hey, do we get the burpee pull up again? And if we do, then in quarters, do we get like a burpee chest to bar? Then do we see a burpee bar muscle up that something like that? I think in like a couplet would be really cool at a semifinal level, not because I've never done a bar muscle up before to semifinal or regional, but because that or and a lot of people will probably say, what about a burpee pullover? Maybe. Fine. Um, what about a bar complex? They've done a ring complex. What about a bar complex where mm -hmm. they go like toes to bar, bar muscle up, pullover, and you have to do it as an actual complex when you stay on the bar the whole time? Um, yeah, tough. I, I, I think that would just be cool to see some things we've never seen before at a semifinal, and you'd have to dig a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm right about that, I just got lucky. But there's got to be some movements that we typically will see at a – regional level that we don't see before at the games and then likewise there's other movements that we always see we always see you know uh toes to bar in the open right we always see toes to bar in the open but we never see toes to bar in quarterfinals mm -hmm. why not like it would be cool to see some of those movements kind of change hands as far as when they come up in the season I would be, you're, you're giving me, you're making my wiener rise a little bit talking about the old burpee bar muscle up brother. Let me tell you, uh, if that came out at semifinals, I would be freaking stoked. Uh, this, just, this, this raises a, a, a question. I kind of wish like, I kind of wish Pat was on for this because I think he usually has some good insights. He did that burpee pull up thruster workout last year and he kind of made a good point about the height of the bar, right? It's like, well, when you're a taller athlete, if you're still saying the bar has to be slightly out of reach, then you're 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 already making it harder on the tall guy, which does make perfect sense. That's like saying that for a wall ball, depending on your height, your target goes up or down. 
So if you're taller, you don't just get the benefit of a uh, an 86-inch bar. It still has to be above your reach. So where I'm going with it is if they did a burpee bar muscle up, would they just they would just have to set a uniform height which i fucking love height for females and i think that's i think that would be great so if you if you had to jump a little bit higher you have to jump a little bit higher just like people who are taller have to do handstand push-ups too Mm -hmm. with longer arms Mm -hmm. i and i love this bailey also a freaking awesome workout 2018 i believe was battleground that workout with rescue randy 2018 or was it 19 it's 17 or 18 no because no okay it was definitely 18 then because 17 was the regular obstacle course that uh tenniel reed berline won with the climb up the ladder onto the platform this dude rescue randy would be sick to see at a semifinal. oh man there's no way they would do that those dummies have got to be obscenely expensive no shot they'd do it maybe at the games though i think that would be really cool um swimming at us now there's no way biking yes yeah, so before we keep going with some of the uh some of the comments and we we need to pull up some of those oh just j- just want to thank some of the sponsors right patrick mitrovich state farm phone number 803-818-6980 shout out to patrick he competed this past weekend at fittest of the coast he was ninth and 35 to 39 out of like 25 competitors um, so he had a strong showing there i was kind of helping him out a little bit with some workout strategy um make sure you go to him if you need any any kind of insurance um hit him up also big shout out to hgr uh homegrown relief you can go to hgrcbd.com and uh use the code recover better all one word for 15 percent discount um their products are awesome started using some like i said last week a couple weeks ago um yeah better sleep better shoulders Taylor probably lubed up some salve after that 365 jerk. I didn't actually, but I did put it on my old knee, buddy, after a heavy squat day. Just lube it up, give it a little scrape and, you know, loosen up the tissues. Has Kiefer given any uh, insight to what he thinks semifinals? No? Just wants to tell you to get on topic and that's it? Oh, yeah, that's all he wants to do. He just wants to talk a little shit. Tell me to tell me what to do. Just like the man, dude. People just want to be telling other people what to do all the freaking time. And we're out here doing what we want. That's why we have fun. We talk about what we want. So say it, it'll be days. it'll be interesting to see um, uh, with Dave, you know, back in the fray from the beginning and it being, you know, his boss and his team. Right. That's that. Those are the programmers. And Dave said it, but that he will give his insight and he will collaborate. Um, if we get back to kind of what we were used to seeing in the past with the open and quarters, you could throw quarters in there being a little bit lighter, um, a little bit more maybe skill dense, but not super high skill. But then when you get to semifinals, it's shorter, higher power output, heavier weights, higher skill. And then the games gets back to being a little bit more of, yeah, outside of the gym, rescue Randy type workouts. I would love if at a semifinal, they did a little bit more game style stuff. I think having quarterfinals, is an opportunity to do some of that other stuff, the in the gym stuff. So at a semifinal, when remember everybody, the field is like 30% smaller. I think you need a little bit more odd object, a little bit more funky stuff sometimes to weed out the people. Everybody's good at the in the gym CrossFit stuff, even at a semifinal level. Everybody is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I would like to see a pegboard at semifinals. I don't know that they would make it work uh, cost-wise, equipment-wise, but man, that would freaking weed the field out. If, if, however, I don't know what, like 20 women last year couldn't get through one of the complexes. If that many ladies couldn't do a fucking ring complex, could you imagine the carnage that a pegboard would cause? Oh, God, I would love it. Well, and you think about stuff that we didn't see at the games, right? That's the first year. Is it the first year since they first yeah, debuted? Since 2015 that they hadn't been there. And a lot of times when they take a break from something, they want to see who's, you know, who's still staying brushed up on things that, that aren't coming out year after year. Mm -hmm. I think it would be incredible. I think the, I think the seated legless, although not being able to do it the first year at Alpaca took away a little bit at Thunder. Everyone did their homework and said, Hey, we didn't have to do these, but I think we're going to have to do them. Everyone had to do them at semis and they still proved to be something that weeded people out. Um, I would love to see the cut rope come back. I think that would be awesome, especially with a really, really high rep scheme where they had to do a set of 10 at the end of a chipper or in the middle of an up and back style chipper. Um, God, I would love to see the cut rope come back. I've been begging for it, begging for it since 2018. That was the last time it was in competition, right? What was it? Four, eight, 12 or 12, eight, four thrusters. Four three two cut rope or five four three ish bleh, something like that. It was one fifty five thrusters. I know that. Or a sixteen twelve eight. Was four climbing, three two. Was climbing snail after or before that regional? Climbing snail. Because that was cut rope, right? Climbing snail was before that because the only other event where they. Mm, Chaos was with the snail, right? Or is that something different? Fuck, I don't know. Uh, Climbing snail might have been 2019. That was a tumbler pull. They like mm-hmm. drug, they drug it. But yeah. Um Sarah, a cut rope is essentially a climbing rope that is cut to 60 inches or 55 inches off the floor. So the bottom of the rope is a is basically at eye level. And you have to jump up and do a couple legless pulls. And then once you get to a certain height, which is not standardized, it's whenever you want to try. To clamp with the feet, you can try to clamp with the feet. You can do a full legless. You can try to jump up and do no pulls and clamp your feet if you can get your feet high enough. Um, but it just is very – it adds a very, very high element of skill and technique to the legless rope climb or to the rope climb, which I love. What else? What else? How are you looking for Crescendo? You got the programming done? Yeah, I would say it's 90% done. Look at you, dude. Yeah. And we'll get the get the movement expectations out on Saturday for a lot of people that are wondering, like, am I should my team do advanced? Should they do intermediate or should they do novice? Um, I'm really excited about the programming. It's uh Crescendo 2024 is for the girls. So it's all based on old benchmark girl workouts for the divisions. Has so, that been posted on on the Instagram? No, I haven't posted it yet. Dude, you uh, got to post that, dude. For the girls, that's yeah. crazy. So, so it's, it's all, all going to be girl retweaks. All based on old girl workouts. The co-ed programming, they will not. Their programming will be completely different. I'm very, yeah. very serious when it comes to the co-ed programming because a lot of teams are starting to use it as a touch point and as a way to get some live reps before it really matters at semifinals. So because of that, I don't think it's a time to do anything gimmicky. I think it should only be like testing them, 
trying to test them in a similar fashion to what I think they could be tested at semis and or teams that I know are coming that are pretty much shoe-ins for the games, like last year with Christian Harris's team. I tried to throw in some game-style workouts so that they could see, hey, we thought we were good at pegboard, but maybe we need to spend some more time working with that or whatever. Wow. Now I'm just trying to think about what girl workouts. I got to text the squad and tell them to yeah. listen, pussies. Heavy Grace, Heavy Isabel, Nasty Girls. Probably Angie, you and your freaking hundreds chippers, bull crap. Probably some variation of Angie for teams. Look at that smirk, dude. I caught him with his pants down, baby. I'm not I'm not I'm not doing I'm not doing an iteration of Angie. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, go go that. back. I mean, I, I may throw in some of the new girls that no one ever talks about. Ellen love, you know. Lane? That's not a girl. Is Lane a girl's name? Lane. You know that benchmark that came out, right? Five rounds, max reps, hanging power, snatch, handstand push-up. Yeah, like three quarters body weight or something. Andy. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot Ooh, of them out there. Ooh, dang, boy. So, yeah, they're all based on th – these are based on OG girls, though. So there will be no new girls involved. Mm, okay. So, yeah, I mean, classics, cu classic couplets, triplets, like it's – uh, yeah, all of you that are like single modality people that don't like that, there's not a lot of single modality benchmark workouts. So um, – Amanda. You never know. Dude, <laughs> let's go. Who has said that in the group text that if Amanda 45, was that in reference to it coming out of the games or semifinals? Yeah, so Spin was saying that he think one of his predictions for semifinals is that we'll do some version of Amanda. My prediction is that since the first workout on Friday night in the tennis stadium was Amanda, and since the first workout on Friday night in Madison was Amanda 45, I think the first workout Friday night at the games and Fort Worth is going to be a version of Amanda. God, dude. Amanda's my favorite workout. Amanda 45 is my favorite workout. Um, Travis Brault, I just did Unbroken Karen. Cool, bro. But actually, good job. Um, well, well, well. Yeah, Travis, and that's what that's you guys are going to do four person synchro Karen for time. Oh, my God. That would be carnage. Please, no. That would be crazy. Um, I cannot wait, though, to freaking put John Young and Travis to freaking. Shout out to John Young competing at Fittest Experience this weekend. Oh, is he? Yep. Nice. And I think uh, they were talking on Brian and um, PC show about, dude, there's some heavy hitters there for the, the lift. I think EJ is competing there. I don't I don't know if he's going to be competing this weekend. Oh, oh my really? God. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't know. Matt Rattay, I think, is going to be competing. He's got like a 400-pound cleaning jerk. So there's some crazy He's a like, midget, strong, too. Matt Rattay is tiny. There's crazy strong guys that are competing. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. Did you see their skills workout? Yeah, triple under, workout? triple under, maximum broken ring muscle up. What was the third movement? Handstand hold. Handstand hold, yeah. Yeah. The guy I trained, Bryson, who's just on, I brought into Sentinel. Um that's what Brian was saying that he's incredible at triple unders. Right? He can do like 70 unbroken. That's 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 nuts, dude. It's annoying. He's like, let's do a triple under workout. I'm like, uh, let's shut up. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you, everybody. We went six minutes over, but we had fun talking. You got anything else? No, I gotta get my daughter. Go get the girl. Hope you guys loved it. 
head over to CrossFit Crash Instagram at Crash Crucible for his events, the best events in the Southeast, better than any elite competition stop, stop, ever. Stop, stop. And then have it over my Instagram uh, if you want to qualify to those competitions. See you guys.